And welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. I'm Son Edom, alongside Tara Hoke Shiro, who hey is going to... What are you going to do for us this time around? I couldn't uh, get you to do karaoke last time. That's right. So is there anything, any talent that you can share with us before we get started? Talent. Talent. I can move my nose. Oh, yeah? Yes. Okay. Uh, any, any, have you ever done any magic? He doesn't want to see me <laughs> nah, move nah. my nose. <laughs> any, any magic, any, uh, anything that, I guess the other thing too is, okay, when we're on that kind of topic of doing something, talent, anything that you like to do to take your mind off of things that go on around you that you're like, hmm, you know what? I just need a break. I need to step away from what I'm doing and just get out there and do my own thing hobby so here i'm about to show my nerdness right all right i'm a little bit of a nerd i love to stare out the window okay because my mind goes 100 miles an hour right so if if i can just sit and not have all of the input right and my i can let my mind just spin in any direction that's very relaxing for me and i can just let it go 100 miles well the reason why i ask that is because 2020 at the beginning of the new year, we had talked about on a previous podcast and just talking with different people in general, you have an anticipation of good things to come. The new year, new expectations, starting over, putting away the past, anything that was bad in 2019, we just bury it on uh, December 31st at 11.59, p.m. And as soon as midnight hits on January 1, it's a new year. And even though we're broadcasting here on the first day of spring and 25% of the year isn't even over yet, we haven't gotten to the 25% mark, end of March, 2020 has been in the crapper. We like to talk about uh, two steps ahead, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. But I think 2020, everybody has stepped in something. Mm -hmm. And it's been a tough year and we'd like to set the reset button on the year. Uh, For example, me, just to share a little bit, talking about my stuff that I've stepped in. So 2020, I'd lived in a place for 15 years, and then I get a notice that they're not going to renew my agreement to stay there. So I had to find a new place to go and live. So that started out 2020. You know, okay, fine. No big deal. Find a new place and move and moving's never fun, but okay. And then as soon as I get a place and kind of start getting settled in, then I get hit with something from the IRS. And it's like, where's this coming from? And so now you have to kind of deal with the IRS. And no matter what, whether it's on the good side of the IRS or the bad side of the IRS, the IRS is the IRS, and it's no fun dealing with them. All the hoops, the paperwork, the phone calls, they're not there, all that stuff. You know, they're only available from like 1 to one fifteen every other Tuesday. A.M. A.M., yes, <laughs> exactly. And so you got that. And then there's a job situation where, you know, they decided the college I worked for is not going to renew my contract, so now I'm out of a job. And then, of course, we get hit with things like the coronavirus that everybody's dealing with. And so, again, as you look at different things and different people, and then there's other people I know that are dealing with uh, health issues with parents, Mm -hmm. you know, that aren't going to probably make it through the end of the year, Mm -hmm. maybe not even through the end of March. Uh, We had like the tornadoes in Nashville, just recently an earthquake in Utah. So there's all kinds of things that people are are struggling with and, and going through, especially at this time of year with the virus and loss of jobs, loss of hours. Uh, financial issues. It's like we want to reset 2020. You know, we were all just not too long ago celebrating, toasting the new year. That's right. And um, and so anyway, so that's what we're going to kind of kind of talk about on this episode is just rebooting 2020. Is that possible? Can we do it? What can we do to reboot 2020? And um, 
and just kind of start focusing on on a new new path i guess mm-hmm. um just real quick i posted something on uh, my instagram account last night talking about how maybe this is the time to take a moment to reflect on the good things that we have mm-hmm. you know if we have our health if we do have jobs, if we have relationships, if we have partnerships, if we have new opportunities coming our way, you know, whatever we're a part of, maybe now's the time to just kind of focus on those positive things, those good things, instead of focusing on the negative, because then maybe that will give us the ability or the, um, the empowerment, so to speak, to start to change things and move into a better 2020. I... I'm going to take another uh, different spin on that, of course. (laughs) It seems like I contradict. Um, I would take that a step further and say that the gratitude, because the list that you listed off, a lot of people maybe don't have their health or they don't have a relationship or they don't, maybe their job has shut down. And so when we're looking for things to be grateful for, it's not always the things that we can see or the things that we have. So I have said, mentioned several times that I've written uh, a couple of books. One of the books that I wrote was about character. It's a, it's a journal. Um, and I have made um, 52 videos actually on character. And what I have said over and over is that character happens in the opposite situation. So now is a really good time to be grateful, but gratitude isn't necessarily, I'm really grateful for that we're here or I'm grateful for my health. Sometimes the gratitude comes in, I'm really grateful for this lesson. So we wouldn't necessarily be grateful for the coronavirus, but we can be grateful that in the coronavirus, there are many lessons for us to learn. So for example, um, we're learning how to clean. (laughs) (laughs) And I have been so um, annoyed, I will just say, I'm just a little bit annoyed that we are just now coming around to cleaning the subways, cleaning the airplanes, cleaning the bus stations, the places of business, you know, where we work. Because the reality is that, you know, 16,000 people die every single year in the United States from the flu virus. Why were we not cleaning for the 16,000 every year that we knew about? They keep saying that the coronavirus is unpredictable. We just don't know how it's going to behave. We do know how the flu is going to behave. We do know that on average 16,000 people a year die. And yet we haven't been cleaning and quarantining ourselves and staying away from each other. We come to work hacking and sniffling and sneezing and coughing. And um, anyway, and so... I would say in the situation that I am grateful that we are coming around to the fact that we need to mass clean our cities (laughs) to try and mitigate some of the illnesses that we pass around to each other. Um, I'm grateful for the time that, that we have to regroup that we can um, take a look at, you know, what our life really is, take a look at what's important to us. Maybe we have time to organize. We have time to clean. We have time to, you know, spend time with people that we didn't have. We have time to write a book that we didn't have. Um, work on our hobby, you know, whatever it is, it just seems like we have this chance to reset and and figure out what our values are. And I'm grateful for that. Hey, so um, we put a lot of effort into our show. Yes, we do. And um, on top of that, you know, we just have basic life that we deal with. Mm-hmm. Life's a little bit more stressful nowadays, but you know, we're, we're, we're working, we're dealing with it. 
But so what are some of the things that you do when you just want to relax, have a terror time? What do you like to do? I love to turn on Turner Classic Movies. Okay. And just watch an old movie. Yeah. Lay on the couch. Black and white? Both. Do they have color on TCM? They do. Really? They do. Both mm-hmm. color and black and white, yes. Really? What about um, disconnecting? Because we've talked in the past, and you've mentioned that your phone is an appendage. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, mine is too. And so we're like right here. And we've yeah. talked about, you know, there's a, a movie where the guy... Owen Wilson takes the kid's chin and lifts it, and he says, there's a whole new world just two inches up because the kid's always on his phone, <laughs> you know. So, okay, so you're going to unwind, and you're going to watch, you know, Turner Classic movies, but you want to unplug. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Mm-hmm. I also like to uh, hike and run. So at some, like, I like to be in the dirt, have dirt under my feet. So, so be active. Mm-hmm. Do something active. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that mm-hmm. we – especially in today's society that we kind of get lost in technology. Mm-hmm. We get, well, first off we have our jobs. So we get the stress of, of, of jobs. We get the stress of having to pay the bills. We have to work. And then we want to have some downtime or self care, take care of ourselves. But what do we do? We get too lazy. And so we sit down and watch TV or maybe we're on our phones, social media, things like that. And sometimes that can just add to the agitation right. and the stress because right. it's like we're, seen something on social media that's wigging us out or uh, we see you know some on tv and it's like is that really disconnecting and and refreshing kind of hitting the reboot button so to speak so um so i thought that's kind of one of the things that we can kind of just touch on on this uh on this episode is just to what can we do to just kind of refresh reboot disconnect and kind of take care of ourselves because if we don't take care of ourselves and we're supposed to take care of other people, whether it be through our jobs or through family or through, you know, people that we just come across driving down the street. I know there's times where I remember I used to listen to this radio show years ago as a talk radio show and they're still on, but I would be driving home from work and I'd get home and I'd be so agitated. Mm. I'd be so amped up. Mm. And I started thinking to myself, why am I agitated? Why am I amped up? And then it started to dawn on me that by listening to this radio show, this talk show, they were the ones that were amping me up and they were the ones that get me agitated because they were all hyped about everything, you know, and it was like, whatever, it didn't matter what it was. It was just, you know, different topics they were talking about. And sometimes it'd be topics I wouldn't even care about, but now I'm all like amped up about it. And I'm like, wait a minute. The popcorn has butter. Exactly. The the theater popcorn is going to make me fat, you know? Um, And so I, I realized that, okay, I need to cut back on on um listening to that show because the show would get me really tense and so then i started to and i loved talk radio you know sports talk radio news talk radio general talk radio um you know all types of things like that so i was like okay what's something else that i could listen to that isn't so agitating right and so i i you know, eventually it got back to music because music, you can pick the right kind of music Mm -hmm. to kind of fit your mood, Mm -hmm. to kind of fit your environment. If I need to be uh, up tempo, like a workout, get Mm -hmm. up tempo. If I need Mm -hmm. more chill, you can play the chill music, you know, here's a question for you. Do you know if you are like, do you know your personality style? Like, are you an extrovert? Are you an introvert? And by extrovert, introvert, what I mean is where do you get your energy from? So do you get your energy from being around people and having, stimulus or do you get your energy from being alone and being quiet and not being around anybody both 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 okay i can there's times where i want to be out be around people get that energy get that connection get inspired when i'm with people mm-hmm. and then there's times where i just want to be by myself mm-hmm. and i get 
you know, inspired to do things, my thought process. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes some of the greatest ideas I come up with, I'm lying in bed at night. Right. And then other times I'll take that idea. And then when I'm with somebody, I will start to talk to them about it. And then they contribute to the conversation and that gets me more excited. And then there's times I just want to go drink beer. Mm-hmm. I will never drink beer. No, I take that back. I will drink beer by myself, <laughs> but I do it very, very sparingly because, uh, that's the first sign of alcoholism. So your, no, your but, Sunday, on a side note, on your Sunday night brews, yeah. are you alone or with a friend? Uh, it depends. Recording. Like, do you record that yourself? I, or sometimes it's someone? myself and sometimes I'm with people. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes okay. what I really want that to be like, so on Sunday night brew, I usually go to a restaurant, a bar, or someplace, and it's on Instagram. My Instagram is at Edom Rocks, and I'll feature a beer at the establishment that I'm at. And dude, in like 55 minutes, he gives like the whole history of this beer. Yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah, so it's like, it's like a, it's like a beer and it's uh, it's a, uh, it's just a, a quick minute thing on Instagram that I put and I just kind of describe the beer taste and it's usually something I've never tried before. And so I try something new. And so, uh, so it depends. So ultimately what I would like that to be is the opportunity where maybe I can post ahead of time and make it a social thing. So you mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. the extrovert introvert by yourself or with people. Mm-hmm. I could go by myself and do it and it's fine Mm -hmm. and it's totally okay but then if i have people there to do it with me Mm -hmm. that makes even more exciting more fun Mm -hmm. but either way i could i could do that see because i think the reason why i asked the question is is that um as we are thinking about things that we activities that we do to de-stress it's really important to know the kind of personality that we have because sometimes we get confused like why is this draining me or why is this, you know, sometimes we're, we're around someone who's an energy sucker and we don't realize it or sometimes, so it helps to know, like, so I'm an introvert um, by, I would say I'm a little bit of both. Like I have no problem speaking in front of people. I have no problem, you know, being on camera, talking on the radio. I do have a problem, however, with one-on-one that like, if I have to go mingle, I hate that word mingle. At a cocktail party, I just want to break out in hives. It's just, we don't treat it on the street. I mean, we, we right. judge everybody we based do, on but, how people look. But I think I've learned to judge people less because of that. I still do, but I think I've learned because of these lessons early mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially when I was in the classroom teaching, I took every student as an individual person. Right. Sure, motivations and the way people are, go-getters, in the classroom tend to get your attention more because they're the go-getters. They're the ones that want to learn. Um, the, the respectable people, you wear a suit and tie. One time somebody did, did a, uh, a conference on business and the guy that was supposed to speak on appearance showed up to the conference on Monday, dressed shabby, unshaven, <laughs> uncombed hair. And then everyone was like, who is this guy? And they kind of you know, had a negative uh, per, uh, perspective of the guy. Right, right. And then on Friday, when it's his turn to speak, he's in a suit and tie, shaved, hair is cut perfect, and now it's like, oh, he's now somebody that we respect because he's dressed a certain right, way. Right. Okay, so things like that do matter. However, the person didn't change. Right. He just appeared differently. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing that we have to check ourselves with. We might be in a time now where we're understanding and patience is important because mm-hmm. of the extreme circumstances we're in. But then when we get back to normal, it's like the, please God, get me out of this thing. And I promise I'll never, ever, ever do it again. We get out of it. And then we get right back in that, please God, get me out of this thing. I'll promise never to do it again. Right. And the cycle continues because we don't learn. And that cycle I think has been going on since the beginning of, of time that, that we were like, Oh yeah, yeah. I learned my lesson. And then the sun comes out, the summer comes and we're, 
you know, everything is peaceful for a while and we forget, we forget those just like, like during the, the two, you know, world wars that we had, you know, we're far away now from, from any type of lessons. You know, we don't, we didn't have, we don't have to ration food, you know, the way that they did then we don't have to ration supplies or go through all of the hardships that they went through during that time. So we forget. So we, we spend, you know, recklessly, we eat recklessly, we supersize everything. We have an abundance of, you know, everything because we don't come from that time of like, this could all, you know, go away. So now we're kind of getting that lesson in a different, it's not a war, but it's a, you know, a virus making everybody sick, but we're still having to change. We're still having to check our lifestyle, change the way that we do life and ask is the way that we were doing life. Like, is that okay? And I think, I, I hope we've talked in other, in other podcast about taking this time to to assess you know our lives and what's important and you know getting back to um the our passions and and checking our core values and you know and all of that but i do think that we easily forget it's easy to have discipline when when you are forced to but it's the people who have really strong character that will have discipline when they don't have to because they, because it's just the right thing to do. We just, it's hard to do that. I was watching the movie, the last castle with Robert Redford. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically, so. uh, they're all soldiers that have been convicted of a crime and they go to a military prison. And then of course it goes from there. But one of the things I took from that was that there was Robert Redford gets up there and he's trying to inspire because the prison, uh, ward and his people, you know, treat them bad. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those things, one of those uh, Shawshank Redemption type things where the guards treat them bad, so they want to uprise. Well, one of the speeches in there was that, you know, you can take us, so take us out of the uniform, but you can't take the soldier out of us. Mm-hmm. And that kind of unifies them. And that's what it is. You can put people in different situations. It's kind of like what? You can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. You can put us in different situations, but who we are Mm -hmm. is who we're going to be in those situations. Wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a person right now and you're at home and you're just kind of self-reflecting, like when I please God, get us out of here because I promise never to do it again, (laughs) are you going to be the person to do it again? Mm Mm-hmm. Or are you going to be the person that actually wants to try to make a change? And that was the lesson that I learned at a young age was the understanding, put myself in someone else's shoes. Yeah, I don't always do that. And I might treat people bad sometimes, hopefully not all the time or often, hopefully it's rare, but you know, maybe times I might not treat somebody right. But there is that hesitant point in certain interactions where I'm like, okay, this person might have gone through X, Y, Z, therefore I'm just going to back off or mm-hmm. I'm going to change my approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so are we changing? Are we going to look at our patience? Are we going to look at our understanding? Am I going to, when the traffic gets back on the freeway, am I going to be impatient again? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to learn to be like, hey, chill out, dude, because you know that's the other thing too. We get people haven't been driving for weeks. There's people in my neighborhood, their car has been parked there for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get back on the freeway after three, four weeks of not being on the freeway, People are going to probably be a little like. It's going to be a lot of accidents. Yeah, yeah because you know, <laughs> I mean, when when daylight savings switches from daylight savings time to standard time, and people on one day went home from work when the sun was out, and the Monday they go home from work and there's no sun, people can't drive. Or you throw right. in the rain in Southern right. California, people can't drive. <laughs> so imagine what it's going to be like. So I have to have the understanding. Okay, people have not driven mm-hmm. on the freeway or whatever in a few weeks maybe they're a little like whoa i need to get my you know get back on this bike i don't know yeah well i think there's something else along those lines that i want that i want to 
point out um, when when we say when we pray that prayer, God, please get me out of this, and I'll never do that again, or I'll go to church every Sunday or whatever. Um, what we're doing in that instance is not taking responsibility for what got us there in the first place. We're expecting somebody else to fix it for us. And so in that situation, of course, it's going to go right back to normal. And of course, we're going to be right back in the exact situation that we were there, that got us there in the first place. And so for real change to happen, we have to say a lot of times, because I think that we don't realize that more often than not, the place that we are is because of self-imposed chaos. Now, I know things happen because other people, you know, make choices and we, you know, collateral damage, we get caught up in other people's choices. But there are times when we ourselves make choices that we don't even realize. So, for example, to go back to the the bitterness and the forgiveness, when you have that lens on and then everywhere you go, you're you're dealing with issues through those lenses. You don't realize that you're causing your own problems. You are causing your own self-imposed chaos. And so when we say, you know, oh dear God, get me out of this. Well, sometimes the response from God is like, okay, you need to go talk to this person and set a boundary. That's how he's going to get you out of it. And we don't want to take responsibility for that. We don't want to do the, the hard work that we have to do in order to learn patience or, or to set boundaries or to stop doing the behavior that's bringing all this chaos in our lives. And we don't, we don't like to think that it's our that we're doing it to ourselves. So anytime that we start off, you know, with that kind of a prayer, we're already sunk because we're, we're expecting somebody else, another entity to fix what we created. And we don't want, and we can fix it. We can go back and say, okay, I screwed up. Um, I didn't make the right decision. I have to revert. It's going to be embarrassing. I got to reverse my opinion. I got to, I got to do something different. We don't want to do that. Right. And so that's why things don't change. If, if, if people, the way that they were before this coronavirus, if, if they're not taking stock right now and saying, okay, what is going on in my life? I don't have any money. Okay. Is it because the coronavirus I can't work or is it because I've been having horrible spending habits and I haven't been saving any money for a rainy day and I don't have good, um, I have that immediate gratification that I have to have it. Is that why I'm in the financial position or is it truly, you know, and is that why I'm living paycheck to paycheck? Now, some people like there, there's a million reasons. I'm not saying that, that everything is our fault, but I'm saying sometimes it is our fault. Sometimes we can look at our own situation and say, what am I doing to create this chaos? What am I doing to make it worse? And then how am I blaming other people and not realizing that I'm the one that's doing it? Like we, we just have to, you don't want to, you know, shoot on ourselves and we don't want to, you know, start shaming ourselves, but there is a part that we do have to, if we want to grow and if we want to be better, then we have to do that. We have to look at our part in the situation. What am I doing to contribute to the situation to make it worse? Mm-hmm. I think there's a whole bunch of things in your, in your story that we could pick apart that, um, we don't have time for, but I heard, um, private school, I heard, um, people teachers um whether or not they were right or wrong it was just their way so so there has started some authority issues um and then you had the freedom and you were encouraged to do things because you had some talent in some areas and so you were encouraged to um play that out so to speak you know on the field and and whatever um and then that momentum kind of took you so i do see you know in you all of those traits today. I do see the combination of all those alive and well. Um, 
And so I also look at people who just keep going. And we've talked about this before. You just, you're like, okay, next thing. I lost my job. All right. Contract didn't get renewed. Next. Like it, you don't necessarily, you just don't skip a beat. I don't understand that philosophy. I don't get it because I didn't come from, I have to, I have to give myself a pep talk and talk myself off the ledge and do all of these um, meditational things and pray and read my Bible and listen to all kinds of inspirational things so that I don't get sucked back into all of that, um, that mindset because I will stop. I will not move forward. I'll just sit down on the sidewalk. So I don't understand people who can just be like, okay, next I'll just move on. I don't get it. So like, so, and I think, and I've talked to, I have a friend, well, we're not really friends anymore, but um, I have a, a previous friend and she used to say the same thing. It's like, well, I just don't understand because she was also kind of supported and encouraged and um, things were that, you know, they have a military background. And so things were just kind of, you know, just do this or whatever, but she has this strength inside of her, this kind of like a, um, you know, way that you just just move on just move on just move on you know because a military family they moved a lot so she just has has a tough she's got a wall around certain things and she just keeps you know just moves on and she's like i just don't understand you know when you say things like that i don't understand what you're talking about when you have all this shame and it stops you and you just can't move forward that's fine like you don't have to understand it she doesn't have to understand it but i know that that is something that is true I know, because I've experienced it. And I'm assuming that other people have experienced it as well. And it's why we stay in relationships. That was why we marry people that we shouldn't because, you know, this person said, who else is going to marry me? It's why we stay in jobs that we hate because we're either afraid to go look for something else or it's like, okay, I have a paycheck. I don't want to risk doing something that I really want to do because what if I'm rejected? I don't want to ask this person out. What if they say no? Um, there's all these things that trip us up when we have that deep, you know, shame in us that we don't have the mindset that we can be in that. Like sometimes I'll look at circles of people and I'm like, I don't belong there. They're way above my pay grade. I don't do that as much, but I definitely did that before. Like, oh gosh, they're, I can't hang with these people. Like I'm not good enough. Really? Really? That's just stupid. But, but that's how I felt. So there's just a, there's just a, part of us that if we believe, if that is put upon us, that there's just a part of us that believes us that we, that we're not equal to our peers. We're not keeping up with our peer group. We're not as good as everybody else. We haven't accomplished as much. That's why people don't go to reunions. Like my high school reunion is coming up this year. Um, it's probably not going to happen now because of coronavirus, but, um, in past reunions, people have said, Oh, privately, I don't want to go because I haven't accomplished as much as so and so and so and so and so and so. So I'm embarrassed to go, or I've gained too much weight, or I've, it's that shame that we feel like we're not acceptable the way that we are and we can't hang, you know, with everybody. And it's so sad. But so now, so I have you now, right. you're dragging me. I'm, I, am, I am literally riding on the great Son right. Edom's coattails, and he's pulling me through. <laughs> She's got a fan base of her own. <laughs> Quick thing about the about the reunion. So the ten year, it was like that. Everyone was like comparing. I'm yeah. this. I'm that. With that. The twenty year, half of us were unemployed because a lot of us worked in the entertainment field, and that was uh, about the time that Obama came into office and the whole entertainment field collapsed. Yeah, uh, we all got laid off. So the twenty year, um, we were all unemployed, and it was funny because someone asked me, "Hey, son, what are you doing?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got laid off." They're like, really? 
I'm like, yeah. And I was thinking about, oh, too bad. I'm like, yeah, I did too. And someone's like, oh, you did too? I did too. I did too. <laughs> Next thing you know, we're all like, hey, we're all laid out. You got a job, dude? You're weird. You got a yeah. job? What's wrong with you? Why do and you have a job? probably nobody you know? would have said anything had you not right. been brave enough to say I, I got care. laid off. I got laid off. I don't care. That's the reality. Right. Of it. Um, but here's the one thing I do, do learn as we wrap up. Okay, I don't understand the thought process and the mentality, like you said, just like you might not understand mine or your friend might not understand you. I do understand this. We can even though we don't understand, we can be a positive influence on anybody we come across if we have the understanding that I'm just going to try to motivate, influence positively, have some sort of positive impact on somebody, mm -hmm. okay? Whether it's encouraging them to try to go for their goals, whether it's encouraging them, hey, you can get out of it. It could be something as a simple passing where I maybe say something to the effect of, hey, Whatever you want to do, take your passion and make it happen. <laughs> or it could be something a little bit more involved. You know, I just recently came out of a job where I was a professor at a college and I was helping students with radio. And a lot of them, the first time they sit down at the mic, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Two, by the time they entered the program, dude, they were like Ryan Seacrest, mm -hmm. you know? And mm -hmm. so that's the thing, getting them. And so whatever we do in life, no matter who we come across, we should always have the mindset, whether we understand them or not, mm -hmm. is A, Treat them with respect and human mm -hmm. as a human, and they have value, whether it's a Joe Exotic or whether it's anybody else. They're human. They have value. Mm -hmm. Two, let's be a positive influence on them so that when they remember us, they remember us for something positive we did and not something negative. And three, we may never know the impact we have on somebody, mm -hmm. like the fruits of our labor. We may never see. We may never understand. But years down the line, someone might have a change of attitude, thought, heart, lifestyle, and it comes back to your interaction with them. Isn't it Maya Angelou that said people will not remember what you say to them, but they will remember how you made them feel? It could be. That's that oh, yeah, influence yeah. that you're talking about, having that positive influence on people and, and having respect for them and, and engaging with them and encouraging them because you might be the only person that, because we all need that outside person to pull us along and you might be that person. And it's not necessarily like, oh, I don't know how to encourage someone with my words, but it's just, it's just your aura. Like if you believe in them and you're there encouraging them and cheering them on, that's what they're going to remember. And that's what they're going to take with them and, and take their passion and make it happen. Charisma is the word of the day. Yes. Be that charisma <laughs> on, influenced on somebody else because that will then get them maybe excited. If not for something immediate, you might be planting seeds that down yes. the road might blossom into something where it's a life-changing event for them. You could be the life-changing event that someone needs in yes, their life. And so just be that positive influence because you never know there might not be anybody else. Something as simple as a, hi, how you doing today? Something as simple as a smile. In this day and age of the coronavirus, I've learned to have a lot more patience. So, hey, why don't you go first? You know, hey, why don't you take the shopping cart? Mm -hmm. Hey, oh, it's the last roll of toilet paper. Hey, you know, why don't you take it? You know, whatever. Um, Simple stuff, but you never know what that impact might have right. to then invest in somebody's lives from day to day. That's why we have AA. Someone is investing in mm -hmm. the life of somebody else. That's why we have counselors, therapists, mm -hmm. things like that. People are investing in the lives of somebody, which at this point is usually they're coming out of something negative. Mm -hmm. So why don't we be the opposite and try to, before that person gets into the negative, be that positive influence on them because you never know when you're going to impact somebody. Right. And make it a positive impact. So, um, so I think I have the ability to kind of process things maybe a little different. So someone says, this isn't working. This isn't very good. You're no good. Okay, well, what's the value of their feedback? Is mm -hmm. it worthy feedback? Or is it just somebody who 
is jealous of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. wishes they were doing on something, you know, making a comment about a podcast, whether it's good or bad, is it really good or is it really bad? You know, you kind of weigh some of these things. Um, and so that's why sometimes for me, I've gotten to the point where we walk a mile in somebody else's shoes. Okay. We might not be able to do that to fully understand them. Mm-hmm. Again, not really fully understanding the shame aspect of it. But here's what I... Um, Someday I'll give you the laundry list. Well, here's what I learned. It doesn't matter who you're with. Because it sounds like a lot of outside influence mm-hmm. from you yes. becomes the, the, the root problem or totally, solution. Yeah, okay. yeah. So for us then, and I'm going to ask you... Because I'm very curious, very inquisitive. I'm a fighter. But you're right. That outside influence put upon me... Okay. So for us then, the takeaway for me from this is that, which I try to do anyways, is that it doesn't matter if we understand or don't understand, because I still don't kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. It's not in my chemistry. But what I can understand is that I need to be a positive influence, like mm-hmm. a real one, not this phony, like, oh, everything you do is great. Everybody wins a trophy. Right. Okay. You, you went, no, you, I hate you, that. <laughs> you, were, you went 0 oh, and 10. You don't get a trophy. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your team sucked. But what did you do? We did these individual successes. You know, mm-hmm. you had a couple hits. You never played before and mm-hmm. you had fun. And, you know, okay, we're taking the successes right. and we're creating a positive experience and a positive influence in, in realistic expectations. But that's the thing. It's like, can you write a book? Well, I don't know. Can you? Let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. Can you do a podcast? I don't know. Let's see what you got. Let's mm-hmm. try it. Let's, let's, try let's it. go yeah. after it because it's better to have failed mm-hmm. than to not have tried mm-hmm. because you're always going to have the what if I did then what would have happened right. versus the, okay, I tried and didn't make it. Or maybe you tried it and it worked. You don't know. It's always like the, it's kind of like the, oh, I don't want the girl to know I like her because, <laughs> well, how is she going to know if he likes you back if she doesn't know you like her? Right. And I mean, if she does like you back, then well, it's then bonus. And if she yeah. doesn't, then oh well. Yeah. But we don't want to put that out there because we're afraid, afraid of rejection. Afraid of rejection. Yep. But yet we don't know. Yep. You know, we don't know if it's going to happen. And, 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 and that that's was, where we have to normalize and integrate failure and challenge and discomfort. And maybe the fact that you liked her, but she didn't like you back. Mm-hmm. But now this other girl likes you and you right discover that yeah. it's like okay that failure <laughs> led to this and exactly. now you've got you know utopia exactly um and so you know you just never know <laughs> failure is going to lead to something if we don't wallow in the mire of failure and yeah. be like oh i failed i failed what was me what was me well if we keep the failure on the table and not personal yes then you can learn from then that. we can learn from it and then we can move forward from it and that's where resilience comes in is that we're not we personally are not a failure. It means that we were brave enough to try something and put it out there. It didn't work. So then let's tweak it and let's try it again. See, we all need to be like Wiley e. Coyote. <laughs> we'll never get that Roadrunner, but we're always going to try. We're always going to try. Now, you may get the Roadrunner someday, but he's always going back to the drawing board and he's always trying. Okay, mm-hmm. this failed. What's next? This mm-hmm. failed. What's... We all know he's never going to get the Roadrunner. You just dated your audience, by the way. Yes, I know, but that's okay. <laughs> They're like, but in the Coyote? real world, <laughs> but in the real world, there's an opportunity going back to the drawing board, yeah. you know, engineers. I don't really understand the mind of an engineer because they're so stoic and they're mm-hmm. so, you know, very, you know, analytical and they're very like A, B, C, D. I'm like, where's the, how come G can't go before B? You no, know, it has to be A, B. But they're not fearful of failure because they just go, they, t- they take and learn from that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got JPL, NASA, you've got, you know, this, this, this massive, let's go to space. Mm-hmm okay, we failed, but that's not going to deter us. And look what we've accomplished. They're not right. afraid of failure. They go back to the drawing board. They take what they, they learned that was the success mm-hmm. and the failure 
and they combine it to get something better. Right. And that's what we got to do. So no matter who we are or who we're around or who we're with, we just need to take and be that positive influence with realism. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Try it. Mm-hmm. Your English might not be the best, but hey, you're bilingual. I'm not. Yeah. Hey, you wrote a book. I've never written a book. So maybe you have five, you know, maybe you have 52 one stars, but you have a book on Amazon. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, go back and try something different. Um, you know, be that positive influence because like you said with that, you know, instead of the negative, you know, with the, with the, the rethinking, the neuroscience thing that you were talking about, that mumbo jumbo, <laughs> um, let's be that positive influence that starts to rewire the brain in people yeah. with real, ex- with real expectations. Yeah. And so I'd ask you this, okay, mm-hmm. from your perspective, mm-hmm. again, shame is you're the defect, you're the problem, you're the, the reason why something went wrong versus guilt. There was, you know, you're guilty of something. So what would you give as far as advice to people that are in similar situation with you to help them overcome their shame and to help them not take everything and personalize it Mm -hmm. and be like, Hey, it's just, you tried something or you should try something and not let yourself get in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that you have to find safe people because they're, probably are people in your circle that are enforcing those negative messages that you have and that negative self-talk. And so we believe that we deserve, you know, certain treatment. We believe that we don't um, deserve anything better in life. And, and that's not true. But what happens is, is that we surround ourselves with people who reinforce what we think about ourselves. And then it's kind of like a success in a weird way. Because it's like, oh, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy like we talked about before. It's like, you know, I'm not good enough to do this. And then there's people around me saying, you're not good enough to do this. Like, see, I told you, like I was right. And then we feel good about being right about being wrong. So we need to get around safe people. We need to be brave enough to hear the other side, you know, of the story. Um, We need to be brave enough to um, get outside information that gives us the opposite information, that we are worthy, that we are loved, that we are... Um, valuable and and we have a voice and we have you know something to offer to the world we have to force ourselves to get into a group or get into a friendship or something a class that will give us those opposite messages and then it takes a long time because there was a couple that invested in me and would tell me all the time that you know I was smart and that they loved me and all of their it would just ping it would like come and just ping right off my chest right? It never absorbed and never sunk in. So it's not something that is happens overnight, but it, it is a process. But the more, you know, maybe you need a counselor, but the more safe people that you get around that will give you the grace and the forgiveness and to allow you to, um, this one couple um, that I'm thinking of, Doug and Kathy, they loved me through my faults. And, and I knew that they knew what my faults were. And, and we all laughed about them and they didn't judge me. They didn't condemn me. They didn't use it against me. Like, um, they just loved me anyway. And that kind of softened my soul and kind of let me start this kind of journey. Um, and then I started seeking slowly, you know, better information and better truths and, and safer friends. Um, and then it just creates a momentum and then you just keep going. But that's, probably the first key is that you have to surround yourself, find a safe person. If you don't have any in your community, um, you could reach out to us. You could, you know, you need a safe person that will give you that opposite message, love you just the way that you are um, and help you, you know, get over that cycle. And, and Brene Brown, honestly, she's got a ton of really great stuff to watch, you know, on YouTube. You can check her stuff out. See Billy Joel. 
just the way you are. <laughs> That's right. Hey, uh, I just want you to know that you are worthy to ride my coattails <laughs> of the great Sonny them to the top. <laughs> Just so you know that. You are worthy of Thank my you. coattails. I'm worthy of being here. Yes. I'm worthy of being your co-host. Thank hey, um, you. So for people that might be interested in Brene Brown, how do you spell that? Brene, B-R-E-N-E. Okay. So there. Brown. So if people want to. Brown. So she's all over yeah. YouTube. She has. She just started a podcast, uh, which is now she's past podcast. even Joe. Yeah. <laughs> she passed Joe Rogan. So she's like the wow. number. She's in the top three and she just started it. Top three. Us, her, and yes, Joe Rogan. and Joe Rogan. Right? I love Joe Rogan. Um. She, yeah, listen to her podcast, and she's got several books I've I've read. They're they're phenomenal. It explains the it explains shame, what it is, how it manifests, what it looks like, how we fight it. You know, I think I think, and we last? all have it. By the way, it's just on a different plane, different on the line of continuum. Some of us are further ahead than others, but we all. Um, I think, I can't remember, was the last podcast or earlier this one where you said it took you up until, because uh, you just recently celebrated your birthday, we won't say mm-hmm, the age, mm-hmm. but it took you up until just now, so to speak, mm-hmm. to kind of deal with the shame. Mm-hmm. So are you over it or do you still have it? No, I still have it. And I think that we all have it in some form of another until we get to the other side. And I don't mind um, telling you I'm 53, so... Mm. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not ashamed of my age. So it took, yeah, it took me clear up until, you know, 53 to be, to be comfortable. Um, not just on, you know, my birthday, but, um, this has been a process in the last year or two, um, where I have finally felt comfortable in my skin, finally felt like I have something to contribute, you know, to society. I'm thinking about a third, um, book eventually. And so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but I do want to write another book. So some of my posts on, on social media are geared towards subject matter that might be in a book, um, as on Instagram, but the, you know, it's a long process, but I will never be over it. I don't think until, I mean, obviously, cause I told you about that comment that right, that person right, made to right. me and it just took me right back right. and I'm like, okay, I have more work to do. And you kind of had to talk me off the cliff. So, um, I, I think it'll always be there. It'll, it's getting better. I am way, way better further ahead than what I was before. I just think we need to stop as we wrap up here because I know we're running out of time, but I just think we need to stop and realize we talked about this probably in the first episode. Probably. um, The little successes, Mm -hmm. the little successes that we get. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going through this lockdown, but what are the little successes that we can achieve from this? Maybe Mm -hmm. we're reconnecting with people that, uh, family members, maybe, you know, you did a podcast and maybe that helps reconnect with people. Maybe you're writing a book, so that helps somebody else. Or maybe Mm -hmm. you just were able to get up out of bed this morning and fix breakfast. Or maybe Mm -hmm. you were able to just do whatever the little success are mm-hmm. that help us to build upon the bigger successes, bigger successes, right. because yeah. that's what it's going to take. The little successes like the pyramid equal the big successes. Mm-hmm. And if you're more sports minded, you know, one of the things that you could probably look at is John Wooden's pyramid of success. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be something that um, might be beneficial and the books that he's written. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's people out there that can do that, but it all stems from the fact that we have to make sure that a, we're a positive influence, realistically, mm-hmm. a positive influence, because sometimes we don't deserve a trophy and we need to be told that, but we can still be done in a way that's not going to trigger shame. Mm-hmm. Two, we need to make sure that, you know, we're not too hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And three, you know, find the little successes and things that we can build upon. Okay. Ultimately, what I did failed, maybe singing karaoke, I was really bad. But what was good about it? Well, okay. I had, I got the courage to go up there. I got the courage to do something that probably we never would have done before. Mm-hmm. So find your little successes and build on it and then 
surround yourself with people that are going to be real and be true and be supportive, you know, surround yourself with a cast of people that you can really rely on. And, um, Hope for the best. Throw up a Hail Mary. No. One of these days, I'm going to be brave enough to do Tuesday karaoke. Yes, you should. On on my on your Instagram. story on my Instagram story, I'm going to be one and of these. My days. the only reason I'm going to say this is because it was posted on Facebook, and so um, that gives me permission to say it. But my grandfather was abusive to his wife and my father. My father was not abusive to me in the least. Not with words, not with behavior. He was completely the opposite. So, again, he didn't he he didn't pass that legacy down. Um, so sometimes it does get passed down, and then other times it just completely stops. Like the person realizes, like this is just completely wrong. There's no way I'm going to treat my you know family that way. But you know, again, my grand I was around my grandfather. He wasn't a horrible person like i we can't i don't know that we can say like a person is good or bad that does that i think that they are i think they need help i think they need counseling and therapy i think they need love and attention i think they need um validation i think they need to learn to have a voice without their fists that's what i think it is it's like they're just so full of shame and they just don't have a voice they feel like they don't have any kind of control and so it just resorts to you know just i'm just like there's just nothing else to do rather than just to lash out they just, they haven't learned any other way. Yeah. And I think that, uh, and again, I was just curious because like I said, I've never really experienced anything like that. And again, to have an understanding of what people might go through, because initially if you hear about domestic violence and I know domestic violence recently has gone up with mm-hmm. the way things are, yep. um, it makes you, that's where the blood starts to boil. You know, it's like, Hey, if you want to take out your vengeance on somebody, it's the old adage, you know, pick on somebody your own size. Yeah. Because it almost seems like it's a, a bullying situation too, because you're taking you're taking advantage of someone who's maybe perceived as weaker or not mm-hmm. going to fight back, mm-hmm. and so therefore you think you can get away with it. Whereas if you're going to take on somebody on size, well, then maybe you would refrain from behaving this way or in that or having that behavior because you know that they're going to would dish it back. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I guess the the point of it is to be is that for me, that's why I always try to understand what somebody is going through. Mm-hmm before I just lash out Mm -hmm. because I never know what it could be. There was a story. um, I remember I was working as a custodian at a uh, church slash school for uh, going through college and the school would have, it was a elementary school and they would have after school daycare. And I remember I'd come and I'd work and I'd be clean after school and I'd be there when the after school daycare was going on and, and I'd see these kids and I'd see their behaviors and the behaviors, you know, they weren't the best. They were rambunctious and cranky and, you know, all that. Not all the time, but, you know, you get that. And so there's one kid in particular, for some reason, I just latched onto him and I'd watch him every day. And there'd be times where he'd be really just out of control. And the, the way the after-school daycare people treated him, you know, it, they didn't treat him bad, but I thought they misunderstood him. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit more investigating because I just felt like it. And it turned out that... <laughs> The, the parents, the mom dropped him off at 6 a.m. Mm. as soon as pre, before school daycare opened, mm-hmm. did not pick him up until 6 p.m., oh the gosh. last minute of after school daycare. So yeah. he's there for 12 hours. Oh, my gosh. So there's tired. Mm-hmm. There's hunger. Mm-hmm. There's I want to be home. There's possibly, you know, and there was one time, and this was another, another parent, but it kind of correlates. She went grocery shopping, did her nails, did all this before she came and picked up her kids. Mm. Okay. So then I, so then I intervened. I went to the 
after school people and I'm like, hey, listen, I know you've got a problem with this kid. And I remember the kid's name and this mm-hmm. was years ago and I remember his, his name. I said, hey, here's the skinny on the kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe you should approach him a little different. Mm-hmm. And when they found out the story, they treated him with an approach that was more understanding. Right, right. And the kid actually then changed mm-hmm. like you know he still was cranky at times he was you know there's still all the issues but right. not as bad right. because the uh the people were understanding of what he was going through mm-hmm. and i was i didn't say anything to the parents because it wasn't my place but i was so close to saying something to the mom like <laughs> get your ass here pick up your kid i i probably would have too <laughs> um, because it just like blew my mind know, right now i don't know the mom's situation maybe she had to work long hours i don't know so that's again another story we have to be understanding yes, of her yes. story too <laughs> but when you hear things and you pick up little things you're, you're, it makes you question but that's the thing okay so then once you have an understanding of somebody then maybe our approach can be a little different and then maybe that's where we can help out mm-hmm. you know so i would do every once in a while i'd bring like i think a granola bar or something and i'd slip the granola bar to the kid mm-hmm. i probably should not have done that in hindsight because who knows if he had a peanut allergy <laughs> you know, all the, again there's a world of things back in but, the day we yes. didn't do worry but about that again stuff. <laughs> and 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 so you know and so again an understanding of what people are going through and that might help us and so that's why i was kind of curious about the question because my initial response would be hey let's exact some vengeance on somebody mm-hmm. because it boils the blood to see this happen Mm -hmm. but then again maybe there is underlying issues that instead of a smackdown which someone probably deserves Mm -hmm. maybe there's another approach that would be better Mm -hmm. and maybe there's another approach to okay we can help this person through this method whatever right um and then again it goes back to understanding our own anger and our own issues and our own emotions of it because if we understand that you know by me lashing out and because because again like when you said bob's dad was pretty matter of fact about it this is just how it is right and we're like dude we're like outraged by it you know but that's even though he was terribly hurt by the abuse from his father right and then he was so surprised to read in his son's book that it affected him so you know in such a in such a deep way so yeah they it's we just get trained and conditioned to think in certain you know circles that that's just the way things are and so for me what i take from this is that like we mentioned first of all there's healthy anger mm-hmm. and there's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so the healthy can be good because it can lead to possible change or positive benefits. Right. If we approach it in the correct, in the correct manner, mm-hmm. then we also have to have the character and the heart, maybe not to get angry when it's inappropriate or inappropriate. Uh, so we avoid that unhealthy anger. And then two, it's understanding somebody else and what they might be going through and try to better help them. For example, if it's somebody at work, maybe they're having a bad day, maybe they're having a bad life, maybe their experience with somebody else is is bad. And so, like you said, like the guy was conditioned mm-hmm. to just be angry towards coworkers. Mm-hmm. I never really thought of it that way, but then maybe that was his condition. Mm-hmm. And by me just being professional and doing my job, it deconditioned him. I, I know he was still, when he would get work with other people, he'd still... Well, you validated him. You gave him a voice. Yeah. And so it, he didn't need to yell anymore because you gave him a voice and listened to his voice. And then the other thing I take from this, too, is that if we listen to the pre- preconceived ideas or the preconceived notions, we might actually miss out right. on some cool, positive things, whether it be a person, whether it be an experience, whether it be um, an environment. And so oftentimes we need to check to see exactly what it is that is the root of this. What's our reaction to it going to be? How should we handle it? 
And do we have the character to walk away? Mm -hmm. Because I know there's a lot of times people will be in the environment and they think that's what everybody wants us to do is to lash out in anger and be mad and do something. When character tells us this is the time to just walk away. This is the time to react in love. This is the time to react different from what the crowd wants us to react. Mm -hmm. And if we take that approach, Mm -hmm. we might be called chicken or weak but actually we're strong because we're able to remove ourselves from the hostilities of the environment and realize what needs to be done and do it. And I want to make sure that that people understand that sometimes it is appropriate to walk away and sometimes it's appropriate. Sometimes we can't, it's impossible if there's depending on the situation, but setting appropriate boundaries is a way of standing up for ourselves. Saying um looking at that person and saying that really hurt me. I'm offended by that or I don't appreciate being talked to or treated that way um, is standing up for ourselves. And that is that is using the anger in a healthy way is a way of saying this is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to um, participate in that anymore. So sometimes setting boundaries is actually you have to stay and set a boundary. And that's very, very difficult. If you cannot leave, if there's a, if there's a situation where you you just have to um you know, we have this tendency to think that we either put up with it or we leave completely. And there's that gray area. There's that middle ground where, no, we can have a healthy boundary and we can train people to treat us differently. We can literally train people to say, this is not going to work anymore. We're going to do something different. And the way to train people differently is to respond differently. Like you said, just like with that guy, you responded differently and that changed the situation and it changed him. And we feel so powerless sometimes. We think that, oh, this person is such a jerk. There's no way, they're, they're not going to change. You're right. They may not change, but I can change. I can change my response towards that person. And when I change my response, they have no other op- op- um, option than to change. They're forced to change. Because if I'm not going to do the dance anymore, if I'm not going to be angry right back at them, if I'm not going to, you know, get into that spin cycle, then they can't do it by themselves. No one can play the game by themselves, right? So if I have a different reaction, it will change the situation. It will. There's no other, there's no other choice. So the more that we have the strength to not play the game and to not participate and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'll, I'll relate to you this way, but I'm not going to relate to you that way. The more that we do that and train them, the more they will calm down and relax or get more animated. And then, then maybe you do have to leave. And sometimes that one person, which could be you, can make a difference yes. and make a change. Absolutely. We're two Steps Ahead podcast, Son Edom, the incredible Hulk. <laughs> Tara Hoekshiro. Yes. Uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast on Instagram at Two Steps Ahead podcast. Uh, My Instagram is at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And I am at Tara Hoekshiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. And you can also uh, find us on uh, Instagram television, uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast, on YouTube, on Spotify, You can also find us on SoundCloud. All those are linked in the bio on our Instagram page. Plus, then you can go to like Google, just Google search Two Steps Ed Podcast, and we pop up. Two Steps Ed Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Let yourself be great. Take your passion and make it happen. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.